This is a presentation of Man Breed. Man Breed. Hello and welcome to Man Breed Live, where we believe that to understand a man is to acknowledge all men. I am Michael McLendon, and I'm joined again here with uh, the, the two brothers who are always here in pocket, uh, giving a lot of wisdom, as well as a very special guest. Uh, and before I introduce her to you all, I want to go ahead and toss the ball to Orlando Boyd, uh, the street therapist, as he calls himself, <laughs> and the uh, man breed concept. Orlando, how you doing? I am absolutely fantastic today, Brother Mike. Glad to be on another edition of Man Breed. Of course, another loaded topic, so I can't wait to jump into it. But we cannot do it without the man himself all the way from Cancun somewhere <laughs> on the islands. we down, right? On Zoom, as we lock it in on Zoom, we got to see to talk to the man, just borrow some time from him. What's going hey. on, Dr. Webb? Hey, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right, man. Trying to, like I said, if I can't be there physically, I'm going to be there mentally, right? Amen. But, uh, Amen. man, I've always enjoyed uh, communing with you guys, and we got an interesting topic. we got a great guest today. Trillion Smalls, and uh, without further ado, let's get it going, Diallo. Okay, well, you already mentioned our special guest, uh, Dr. Trillian Small. Uh, she is a PhD in clinical uh, counseling. I think I got it right. She's also adjunct professor at the University of Texas, uh, where she really deals with behavioral and brain science, uh, and she's also an author and a licensed family uh, therapist and certified John Maxwell uh, training coach, I believe is the right way to say it. So Trillian, yes. thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here and I am excited just to jump on in and talk about this conversation. This is much needed one. So thank you guys so much for having me. Absolutely. As Absolutely. You know, today, today we're talking about uh, daddy it's you or daddy issues. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and we wanted to get, we want to talk about this and not just have the men's voices, right? So we wanted to uh, invite you in because of your expertise as well. And we really want to dive right in, you know, uh, to say when we talk about daddy issues, uh, what does that mean? Because a lot of people use that term, uh, but a lot of times you don't really hear it defined. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to toss it to Dr. Webb since he's our resident therapist and just kind of like, talk about when we hear that daddy well, look, issues. What, what, what I, got, I got somebody help me lift the load this week because Dr. Trillian <laughs> yeah. Small's on here. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to let her jump in there because it's okay. her area, right, you know. Right. Ladies first. Uh, so the way that I'll simply define it is if you are currently having problems and struggles in your current relationship and the issues are rooted in your relationship with your father. That's that's very simple. Um, that's a simple way to define it. Anytime you see problems at a within a at the top of a tree, if you see the fruit, it's very indicative that that same problem that's at the fruit at the top of the tree is also planted at the seed. So anytime I see a woman, and I know we're gonna get into this, but it's not just women who have daddy issues. It's also men who have daddy issues. But it's when you have uh, struggles with trusting people. You have struggles with opening up to people. Those are, that's not, it's not black and white. So you can't say, oh, I have trust issues. I don't want to open up. I have daddy issues, right? I'm, you can't just take this information and diagnose yourself, but it's very simple. It's do the same things that, that you did with your father. Do you do those in your current relationship? So, I mean, that's very simple, a very simple way to define it. Dr. What would you, you say, Thurman? on that as well? Yeah, yeah. I mean, she, she, she's right on the mark, right? The things that you did or didn't do with your yes. father are showing up uh, in your current relationship, right? And so that there's a, a litany of things that could play a part in that that informs your behavior in the present. And so you start to define situations through your historical future, right? Mm -hmm. So you start to cast in your present moment things that you have attached to your past and it inherently impacts uh, your future in a, in a negative way. So like she said, like, um, not only women have daddy issues, but men have them too. And to be honest with you, we're more likely to perpetuate the daddy issues or keep the mm -hmm. cycle going. And if we were to attach that to spiritual principles, that's, those are things that play into those generational curses. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm excited about this topic because like she said, it doesn't just affect women, but it affects men also. And we got to really unpack that so that we can give people tools necessary to break those bad habits. 
You know, on this show, a lot of times we, we, we do deal with the fact of how uh, things, uh, you know, we give women a, a window in, hopefully, right, to how men think and also help brothers be better. So just looking at it from the traditional point of view, when we start talking about daddy issues, and I'm going to toss this to Orlando first, uh, you know, what kind of, you know, that, that, that distinctions when you say like that, how, uh, how behaviors might come from whether or not like a daddy just wasn't there or daddy was abusive or daddy was just like hyper dysfunctional. I mean, you know, when we start talking about those different facets, you know, how, how do those play out as far as what you've seen in relationships? Uh, you know, with like he was there, like as mm -hmm. opposed to, you know, he was there, but he was abusive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I think it comes down to, and I know we'll get into this, uh, I guess, the separation of the difference between an absent father and, and a normal relationship with a father, right? They can have two different outcomes on the child. But when it comes to man, men, and essentially, and, you know, coming from each breed, it, it doesn't necessarily matter about their fundamental role as a father or as a daddy. One of the things that I look at is that how it affects that. Does that man know how to be a daddy, period? You know, a lot of that comes from their own uh, experience with their own father, maybe a grandfather, those things like that play a role. And even sometimes with you, they do have a father in their lives, and then they may look up projection and seeing what they see on TV and things like that and want their child or want to be that kind of daddy to their child, want to be a friend, want to be all these other things like that, which could, in a sense, through all the other factors in that child life could be a direct reflection on them. And they put those and label those as daddy issues. So there's, I think it's, it's a little bit more complex. I know that there's some overall issues that I know the doctors will be able to share into, but as we talk about in relationship side into it, a lot of times those men who make those wrong choices have the compatibility issues from the top, not putting in the work in the relationship that translates to certain cynicism, in the relationship that, that then has a byproduct on the child, which there turns about to be issues. So I think those things are, will clearly uh, express themselves in the relationships between picking the wrong person or picking the right person and having all these other things going on in their relationship, the man and woman relationship that the child exceeds and that turns to issues. Dr. Small, uh, one, one of the reasons we wanted to invite you in is because you have a lot of content out and some of it kind of like deals with this subject in different ways, you know, mm -hmm. in terms of, I think I saw a TED talk where you were sharing on something that kind of is related to this subject. Uh, yeah. Can you kind of share some of either your experience or some of the knowledge that you have being a clinical counselor uh, that pertains to like how to deal with this or just give us, you know, your take on, on daddy issues and how it's maybe affected you and what you were saying. Yeah. Um, so Orlando, you're absolutely correct. It's, it's not so much about, um, if a father is present or absent, it's actually the quality of the relationship because you can have a present father and his quality is, right? So it's like, right. for in studies literally, so it's not just experiences and what I've seen personally and with my clients, research has actually shown the quality of the father is what actually matters. So for clients that I have, um, I have several who actually have a father in the home and she still has daddy issues. And so studies have shown for women and men, it actually affects women a little bit more than men because of our hormones. And I hope we get into that and women with being emotional and hormones and all that stuff. But studies have shown that when the, a father is warm and he's supportive and he's loving and he's nurturing, that woman is less likely to have daddy issues. She's uh, more likely to be able to regulate her emotions. She's more likely um, to choose a spouse that is comparable to her father, a healthy man. And in comparison to a woman who either had a, a father in her life, but he was of poor quality or she just didn't have one at all. Um, and so yes, the, the TED talk you're talking about is overcoming the fear of love. And you know, I, I decided to, to do my TED talk on that in particular because it, very, it hit home so much for me. And I wanted to do a TED Talk that um, not only uh, kind of helped me kind of, it was a cathartic experience for me to get out everything that I had learned, but also I realized because of my clientele, every single woman that I experienced within my clientele or my clientele practice had daddy issues or they had some sort of fear of love. And for me personally, I was about 26 when I finally realized like Trillion, you got some serious issues. And I, now I was actually a clinician at the time when this realization came about. 
uh, I, I'm an avid journaler. And so I was just looking through journals after journals after journal. I literally have journals from back in elementary school. And at one point I looked at a reflection from a journal entry from when I was 14 years old. And then I compared it to a journal entry from when I was 26 years old. It, I was complaining about the same thing. 14, you can understand. It's like, all right, you're 14, you're a teenager, whatever. But at, at 26, I was like, trillion your emotions should be a little bit more stable than this. Your ability to have a, a safe and a secure relationship with a man should not look the same way it did when you were 14 years old. And so I finally said, there's something wrong. Actually, it was God. It, it wasn't even myself. You know, I'm a Christian. And finally, God said, Trillian, you're not okay. You, you know, you're a clinician. You sit across these clients and you're helping them overcome their fears and their struggles. But you sweetheart are not okay. And I didn't know that. I didn't know I was okay because I had the accolades, I had the degrees, I had the books. And on the outside, um, I was I was doing very well. And I, I like to call what what I was essentially was a high functioning, anxious, anxious and depressed person. I was very high functioning. And so you couldn't tell. It was only that emotional chaos that was going on, on the inside. And finally, uh, my father, my biological father, I hadn't had contact with him from four years old until about 26. So that's that 22 year gap where my mind started to tell me these lies of, you're not wanted, no man is gonna to commit to you, you're really not loved. And it's not because of things my father said, because he wasn't there to say them, it was the stories I began to tell myself based on his absence. And so I would pick guys, and my counselor actually helped me realize this about 26 years old, that's the first time I went to counseling, he said, Trillian, you, you're attracted to dismissive men. And I, I wasn't aware of it. I needed an extra set of eyeballs to point, like to see my patterns and to point out, ex basically, I was attracted to men just like my father. And that's, and that's normally true, right? Women normally are looking for their fathers. And that can well. be a good thing or that can be a bad thing. And so for me, I was attracted to guys who were of a challenge. Uh, they weren't emotionally or mentally available. They had commitment issues and all that. And I'm like, yep, like my daddy, like my daddy, like my daddy, like my daddy. And I finally wow. said, I, I can't keep doing this because it was so unhealthy. And at right. 26, God said, if you, don't, if you don't forgive your father, I can't bring you your husband. He said, because I'm not going to bring your husband. And then you take daddy issues into a marriage and then you destroy it. Yeah. Right. And so, and so uh, for me, it was trillion. I have, to, I have to sit still long enough, forget dating men. Getting a man wasn't the problem. It was it was my emotional stability that was the problem. And so I finally just said, hold up a mirror. You don't like it, but hey, you're the common denominator here. Even if even if the guys weren't healthy, I was the one picking them. So the question was, Troy, why? Why do you keep doing that? Um, and uh, and so I finally I finally went to counseling, just getting that extra person to look at my story and point out exactly what I was doing. Even though I was a clinician, I, I was biased. I couldn't see my own stuff. Yeah. I, and so, I mean, that's what really helped me. And the more, the more I became self-aware of the men that I was attracting and the, the men that I was attracted to, the, the more distasteful a man who wasn't emotionally available became. Mm -hmm. And at first, now it wasn't easy. Uh, I, I like to tell women, they're like, well, I'm so used to these bad guys. I'm so used to the men that don't treat me right. How do I then switch over? And I, I became vegan several years ago. And I said, it's, it's, you're changing your taste palette. Just you don't go from eating bacon to eating veggie uh, or, you know, fake chicken <laughs> and just automatically like it. You have to change your taste palette. And the way you do it is you keep tasting what you know is healthy for you, even though you don't like it, right? There's a bad dude over here who is giving you a challenge and he's giving you, you know, he may give you a little bit of, of attention and then he takes it away. But in some reason, for some reason, women with daddy issues, we, we cling on to that, right? Because that's what mm. we saw as a child. It's like, I need your attention. I need your attention. I need your attention. All the while, it's unhealthy. Um, so yeah, the, the, more, the more I went through counseling and the more, because I would still, I would still see a guy and he would be emotionally unavailable, but there was, I was just drawn to it. And I finally said, Trillian, he's, he's not paying attention to you. Like he may be attracted to you physically. But emotionally, he's not edifying you. Mentally, he's not edifying you. He's showing you he has commitment issues. Why are you still, still attracted to this guy? So then I'm looking at myself like, Julian, are you crazy? Like, get yourself together. <laughs> but yeah, sometimes it just takes that. It takes you getting tired of yourself and yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. You know, and that's a, that's, uh, you know, 
the thing when we're talking about daddy issues and, and Trillian did a good job of, of, of dialoguing that out is, is that our fathers or the role of the father, especially when we're talking about traditional makeup in the home, like that is the person that is supposed to help and support you as you form your identity. And so when the dad or the father figure or the patriarch doesn't do that or doesn't complete that job, right? Inevitably, what, I, what I've seen happen is that then the woman starts the journey to look for a companion to do that. Yeah. And now we have a contradiction in roles, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, and now I'm looking to have an intimate relationship with my father mm-hmm. and also have a companion, an intimate relationship with my companion. And that becomes uh, contradictory to the psyche because the two cannot occupy the same space. Mm-hmm. They don't nurture you the same way. You know, your father nurtures you differently than a husband or, or your, your long-term partner. And so that starts to create the contradiction that starts to erode away inside of us internally. And then we, then, then, then whether it's male or female, then we're scrambling to fix that because the same process happens in males also. If the father is not there to serve as an example and help nurture a male's identity, then he's left to do kind of what Orlando alludes to is we start to pull it from other places. And most time we hit, we have frequent and multiple examples of manhood being aggressive. So we put a double dose of that in us. Mm-hmm. And then it starts to, it, it, we start to channel all of our emotions through the lens of aggression. Well, that's a daddy issue, right? And that's one that your father should help you tend to because there are nuances in the lived experience of a male that only another male could truly and, and holistically understand. That's not to say that women haven't done a great job at it. But there's something in the chemistry and the dynamic from male to male that makes the, 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 the language a little bit more uh, communicable to, to, to the other individual as opposed to male to female. And so you also, it also shows up in women when they are raising their son, if they have daddy issues, because they don't have a reference for that. So they start to raise their sons to be the men that they would want instead of to be an upstanding son that grows into this father figure, right? And then the dynamic between mother and son looks weird. You know, they start to interact as if they're dating as opposed to mother and father. But that's a byproduct of a symptom of a daddy issue. And so like Trillian pointed out, like you really got to sift yourself and be honest about the things that you find when you inventory yourself in regards to that. And those are not easy questions to answer. But, um, you know, you have to address it or else it will continue to, to, to showcase itself throughout your life. So I've seen yeah. a lot of instances where it seems like uh, a lot of guys have a radar and will, will trigger in or signal in on a young lady who may seem to have some issues and they just, you know, they, they, they find them and then they don't have their best interests at heart and they end up taking them through uh, you know, a lot of experiences until hopefully, you know, she sees things differently or something, but you know, there's almost like they have a radar for one another sometimes. And I guess that's what we're talking about her side of it, but on his side of it, it's like, you know, you got these guys who seem like, you know, they, they see that as a weakness and then take advantage of that. And then it kind of like, you know, it's just a destructive situation. And so I'm, I'm wondering like, if there's like uh, a young lady who's experiencing what Trillian was describing, or Dr. Dr. Small, like uh, what are some uh, things in terms of how brothers think and how they navigate if they're really trying to have a great relationship with a young lady who might be having some of those challenges? What's some insight you might be able to, be able to offer like from a man's point of view, like in terms of how to navigate that because of the way a brother is made and how he thinks that would kind of like help to get over that hump of building that better or healthier relationship? You asking me, Mike? Yeah, you, 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 asking? you are Doc. Okay, Doc, you want to take it? No, go ahead. You got it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I can roll with it, dog. But you yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's why I'm going with it, Orlando. I'm saying, like, some women out there, I mean, some men want to be called daddy. Exactly. And some women want to, <laughs> some women want, want to call their man daddy. You know what I mean? Like, let's just be honest about that. They want to be taken care of and nurtured much like their daddy should have. So they're going to find one and they are completely okay with that. And depending Mm -hmm. on the breed of man you're dealing with, which Orlando will break down, that's actually what he's looking for. He wants to be the sole provider because controlling everything makes him feel okay. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. That's absolutely correct because there's some breed of men that that's what they look for, and there's a seem to be an ample supply of that of those women. Uh, the one thing that comes to play is that as Doc, Dr. Smalls, you had alluded to that you took your own reflection and then started to see, okay, I need to do this. But there's a lot of women that don't do that. They don't do the self-inventory and then make that change. So guys prey on those, those particular women who don't do that. And it's those men who may have come from a, a structured family, or maybe if they did have some uh, daddy issues or whatever, they can be that opposite and say, you know what, I don't want that type of woman. And so as they, as Mike was talking about, as you start to come into it and uh, start dating a woman and you start picking up on these issues, those issues when they don't, when, when the guy has, is sensible enough and he says, you know, he can point them out and they're not corrected, that's when the guy moves on but that moving on seems to compound on that woman who can't figure out okay why did he move on so it becomes this cycle that continues to happen because a they didn't do the inventory and realize what the root problem was now we know that you know still in the in the the sense of no matter what it is we talk about compatibility a lot with in this show that there isn't a woman that i know of that doesn't have some issues some issues are not derived from daddy issues there's some mommy issues too and there's some other issues life issues and peer peer pressure issues that all compound to these things that sometimes if they are all pointed at it being uh, directly a daddy issue, that's something for a psychologist or a therapist to be able to break down and see what role that their father play into those specific issues. But for men in and of themselves, like I said, they may see that woman and, and see that they don't necessarily identify that, okay, she's this way. It may be a daddy issue per se. They just put it all in a, in a lump it together as far as the issues and then see if they can work through it or if those issues are benefit to them because some issues for some men are benefits for them and they take advantage of it or they, they complement it from where their issues are and they, you know, they live how they live. Yeah. And then no one's in that situation. No one is challenging the other person to mature to another level. Right. Mm -hmm. It's only when then one person says, well, I want to grow. I want to become better. Then you become you begin to find strain in the relationship. And then there for some men who are very insecure and find themselves wanting to control a woman. The more a woman says, I want to get better. You know, he the man who says, well, I don't know how or I'm not comfortable with that. will then either abuse her or will try to pull her down to keep her at that level that he was originally comfortable with. And what actually helped me was um, a man staying in my emotional dysfunction. So I'm not, I'm not saying, hey, uh, you need to make sure if you're a healthy man, stay with a woman who was unhealthy. But what actually helped me, I was, I was dating a guy who I felt he was, he was still, he still had his emotional issues, but he was definitely more emotionally mature than I was. And I used to be a runner. So it was the moment my emotions and the moment I internally felt like a guy was about to reject me, I would pew, like, I'm the first, I'm the first person that's going to leave. Like, I'm going to reject you before you can reject me. Even though nine times out of 10, the guy didn't even have plans on leaving, but I had an ex and um, I used to, we would always get in an argument. It was just, it was all over the place. But every single time I got mad at him, I would leave the house. Now we weren't, we were dating two different apartments. So it wasn't like we were cohabitating, but anytime I got upset, I would leave. And he finally said, Trillian, this is not healthy. I'm trying to build something with you. You can't just pack up and like leave the house every single time you get upset. So we, we finally said, okay, well, if I'm upset, I'm going to go to another room. Give me a few minutes so I can calm down and then I'll come back and talk to you. Cause he one time got upset. He was like, why can't we just have a disagreement and then go grab some food? And for me, I'm like, well, no, if I'm mad at you, I'm gonna be mad at you for like a couple of days. <laughs> you know, I would, I would get upset really quickly and I would stay angry for a very long time. And, and because a, a, a healthier guy stayed and was saying, I love you to the point where I'm willing to help you. He was like, I, I see, I see the potential I see, but I also see the hurt. I'm willing to ad- offer as much advice as I can from a man's perspective. Um, to help you grow as a woman. And I mean, that it did. It, we were, were not together anymore. But it was just those little things from relationship after relationship that continue to teach me how to better regulate my emotions and how to be a better picker when it came to um, guys. Now I can, we can have a disagreement and we can go grab something to eat in 20 minutes because I've learned how to regulate my emotions. And, but that, takes, that took a lot of counseling as well. 
Um, but, you know, as Orlando said, some women, they're not introspective. One, sometimes because they don't realize that what they're doing is not normal. I get that all the time. You know, they don't, some really do not realize they are caged in. It's like zoo animals. They don't know it. They don't know that they're caged in if they were raised in that environment. They only know that if they were raised in the wild and then brought in, or if they were taken from their cage and then thrown into the wild, they'll realize, oh, something is off. Um, and so it takes, a, it's a gradual process to help a woman or a man go from unhealthy and emotionally unstable to, okay, I can be a solid, healthy, and secure person. Right. And some of what uh, Dr. Smalls was talking about is all centered around that, that, that uh, high self-reflective awareness. Mm-hmm. And that is something like we have to train ourselves uh, uh, to do, especially if it has not been modeled for us. And you got to remember, like for any, for any male or female, uh, and in this case, female, her first opportunity to interact with the opposite sex in a healthy way comes by, should come by way of her father. Mm-hmm. And if that is disrupted, then it starts, it puts her behind the eight ball as she goes to learn how to interact with other males outside of that. She has no reference point for what that looks like. And the same serves for the man. Like if he does not have that healthy interaction with his father, then he has no reference point for which to build a healthy identity of being a male on. And, and then, like I said before, we, we, relationships have very little to do with the other person. It's, it's primarily about the relationship with self. And like Dr. Smalls alluded to, I don't know any failed marriages, right? I just happen to know two broken people who happen to get married. But marriages aren't broken. And, and, and so like we have to be aware of that. What you take into it is generally how you identify but the, you fix those things by attending to those things prior to uh the connection see well let's take a break and come back and talk some more about daddy issues uh you're listening to man breed live where we believe that to understand a man is to acknowledge all Welcome back to Man Breed Live, where we believe that to understand a man is to acknowledge all men. We're talking about daddy, it's you, or daddy issues today, and our guest is Dr. Trillian Small. Uh, She's a certified uh, relationship counselor, a therapist. Uh, Dr. Small is joining us today just to show her expertise and also give advice uh, on a lot of different issues. And so we also have, of course, uh, with us, Dr. Thurman Webb and Orlando Boyd. We're talking about daddy issues. And one thing, Orlando, is I'm wondering, how does one like like navigate that in a relationship, you know, as a man, like dealing with the woman who who might, he might recognize is having these issues. Uh, Talk about it from a male perspective. Well, I'm gonna frame it like this, where a lot of men who have issues with their woman Right. Okay. It, it starts with that they have issues, period. They don't necessarily quantize them that they their daddy issues. Like, for example, uh, men that, that say, man, my girl's always about this drama. And then and she turns around and point to play the victim. Right. It, it would seem that if this drama, what is this? What does it break down to? And then if if one they start to call for accountability of it if they start to play the victim, that seems to be one of the symptoms that most men would say, you know what, uh, I'm out of here. Especially, especially when it deals with black men and black women. Because when we talk about that in, in a couple of episodes on how black men have this drama and, and where they see where they come from, the drama coming from black women, it seems to be a different connotation from white men or men who dates outside of their race. So a lot of times when it don't matter across the breed, no matter what it is, when they have a relationship with a woman and they say, okay, these are the issues that, that I'm dealing with, or a man, look, I'm going through this and man, gal can't, take it or girl man she she tripping or whatever it still just comes down to fundamentally okay that that's that's how they are it's not a breakdown of the issues derived from their father father being present or not or whoever the male figures are in their life so it's going to be key and that's one of the things we want to do on this show is identifying so guys can see okay these are symptoms that point to that so they can have a better remedy for it so, Doc, can you can you delve into that? Can you talk about how how 
a, a, a man and a woman can can tell like if daddy issues is part of what's going on in their relationship. Yeah, um, you know that I, I'll speak to four characteristics, and of course these are not absolutes, but you know based on uh, my experience and conversations, um, when 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 jealousy and clinginess and and insecurity is present, then that is uh, somewhat of an indicator. Um, we know we all have these insecurities because we're working to frame that up. But when it becomes a chronic issue and it is a chronic or it is a frequent part of your relationships because you fear that abandonment, so forth, so on, then that, that is kind of a flag that, you know, maybe I didn't make it the healthiest connection with my father uh, in, in, the, in, in the beginning. Um, if she if she stays in a relationship with an individual who is completely wrong for her. That is another indicator, like, wait, why are you attaching yourself to that corpse? You know, why are you dragging that stinky thing around? You know what I'm saying? If, if we were to, to, to put a visual representation to that, like, that would be weird. That would be creepy. And, and so, like, that's another indicator. If she constantly needs validation for her worth or, uh, or, or why she is so meaningful in this relationship, you know, that's another red flag, you know. Our, our who our worth our self worth should be internal, uh, and then it works its way its way out, and it should not need constant reaffirmation from an external source. And and the, the fourth thing is, um, if she fears getting close, right? So there's this pushing pulling thing, right? She don't want you too far away, but she doesn't want you too close. Uh, like like Trillian kind of alluded to, I'm going to leave before you can get me. You know what I mean? Like these are things because. That, that, that may be playing uh, a part in a relationship that are not necessarily uh, or did not necessarily originate in the relationship. And so I always say that um, you have to be mindful of that going through because you may not be the cause of the trauma, but there may be things within the relationship that is triggering the trauma. So what, and what if you can be aware that you, okay, can, you can actually make better decisions. Go ahead, Yellow. Well, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Orlando. Well, yeah, I was going to comment on, on two of those four that Doc talked about on how the man react to that because in the first two especially, most guys would, would have that stroke in their egos that the girl is clingy and don't want to leave him and everything to that end on it. He can do no wrong in her eyes because in his eyes, he'd be like, man, I'm just putting it down. She loved what I got and everything like that. So those two, those two <laughs> symptoms could be easily, <laughs> you know, those two symptoms could dude. easily be, yeah, they, they, they could be easily dismissed as well. You know what I mean? Like, okay, that's, that's, that's 50% of guys right there. You know what I mean? Like that would right. easily dismiss that as a as a issue hey i'm just the stuff all the women love me you know but right. then that, that, that other one the, the last one that doc talked about is like when you're trying to get close to them and then they pull away that is a frustration from another show we talked about from nice guys and some guys period who are trying to make their their mark or push on to a woman and they get pushed away. And then those guys who may find that certain type of osmosis with those type of women seem to think that it's a problem with them, but it's actually a problem with an issue that derives from a, a daddy issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the things, because Dr. Small mentioned earlier something I thought that was key uh, as it relates to what we really want to get out of this, and that's some healing you know, on both sides of the table, is that she said that this young man she was dating like he stuck around long enough to kind of help her work through some of those things. So I'm wondering, you know, in terms of uh, one, in terms of men who might be dealing with women who have some of those challenges, what can we do? But then on, on uh, for Dr. Small, I'm wondering like, you know, what is it that you share with your clients? Cause you mentioned that you have a lot of clients who deal with a lot of these issues. Mm -hmm. So I just want to hear some feedback, you know, from you all in terms of, uh, what you tell your clients, Dr. Small, but then from also from Dr. Webb, though, like, you know, what can men do in terms of that brother who's in that situation and was able to help, you know, uh, Dr. Small through that process? So either one of you can go. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll definitely say it's by no means anyone's obligation to, because they're not your, they're not your counselor. They're not your saver. So it's no one's ob obligation to stay there with you to try to help you through this. Right, it just so happened the, the guys that I had dated, they stayed long enough to where I can learn the lessons, internalize it, and then move forward and then use the same things that I learned in the next relationship. It just, for me, it just played out that way where they stayed and I was able to learn from it. Um, 
for me, the thing that I tell my clients is you know, I never do I say, well, hey, you know, I learned these things from different guys in different relationships. I'm not going to say, hey, go find you another man and learn these lessons. <laughs> the, 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 the main thing for me is your identity does not come from a man. Now, your father, as Doc said, your father and your mother is, are the first two people that help to shape your identity. They help you to understand your purpose in life and they give you that acceptance and that nurturance that you need. Now, if at, if at one point, one of those pieces are missing, as Doc said very early on in this, in this episode, um, you begin to search for it in different places, many times in the wrong places. So where I always have my clients start is, regardless if they're Christian or not, m most of them are, I think they just know I am, and so they're, I attract those kind of people. But it's, I ask them, who are you? And literally every single session, when I ask that very early on, they say, well, I don't know. Outside of you know, my, my job, outside of my other titles, when I say, who are you when all of that is stripped away? Who are you outside of a relationship? They say, I don't know the answer to that. So I say, well, that's good. Now we're about to start that journey of figuring out who you are. Because when you know who you are, when you know your purpose, when you know your value, your Tom, Dick, and Harry can come along and they're, they're guys that you shouldn't be in your life. You will immediately look at them and say, no, like that, not that I'm not saying that I'm higher than you and I'm better than you, but it's I know my worth. And if you're going to treat me that way, I'm willing to take the red flag sooner than later, because normally people with daddy issues, they wait, right? They're like, they'll see the warning signs time after time after time, but they, they just don't leave. Uh, your, those women, the more they begin to realize who they are, they'll see the warning signs to say, I don't have time for that. I'm not about to put up with that, right? And unless, because nobody's a project. So that's why I start with my clients. Who are you? Um, what's your identity for my people who are Christian? I say, well, if you don't know who you are, ask God to reveal to you who he is. And in that, since you were made in his image, when he shows you who you are, you'll begin to see who you are. Of course, you're not omnipresent and omniscient. <laughs> so there are certain things that, that God represents that we also are not. But we know that we're love. We know that we're joy. We know that we're peace. There are certain things that are within God's character that we can then emulate. And when you internalize that, that then will then affect your relationships with people. It's usually when you have a, a God, when you have a daddy issue, uh, attachment issue, normally I see a God attachment issue, which then affects your attachment with men as well. So it's let's get this relationship with God together, my self-attachment together, increasing my, my level of love, increasing my level of self-compassion. Um, that will then ch begin to change your lens of what you really believe that you are worth. Because some, some women don't think they're good enough. And that's an well, internal, deep-down negative cognition. Go ahead. Let me, let me throw something back at uh, Dr. Small. And Dr. Trudy Small, I, I got to say, this sounds tricky like a hip-hop name. You sound like you should be a rapper. <laughs> that is an after name. But I know, anyway. right? And my nigga, <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. My He's nigga like, is Trill, too. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, some, hey. you probably got some bars too. Yeah, <laughs> but, and yeah, look, and yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But but but, Doctor Smalls, uh, I couldn't help to, but to you know your reference into your relationships that you said that you had, and that the guys offered patience, but then you said you moved on. Now it seems to be that I want to make sure that it, that is not interpreted one way that in your awakening, once you got and identified some of these daddy issues that it seemed like, okay, once you realized that you had these daddy issues, then that person who was waiting or being patient with you was no longer compatible with you because a lot of times for guys to put that kind of investment in say, okay, you know what, I'm going to stick with you through this. And then it, it still doesn't work out. Then th was the issues really the problem in the relationship? The root, my root problem for me personally was I didn't feel good enough and I didn't feel wanted. So the guy who was patient with me, I learned how to regulate my emotions. That still has nothing to do with my value and my worth. I learned how to stay and effectively communicate. That still has nothing to do with my value and my worth. So while this guy was being patient, the underlying issue, I, which I was unaware of at the time, was still there. So although I can, I can calm my nerves and say, all right, let's have this conversation, I still did not know my value and my worth, and I didn't know who I was. So there were still some things, even though with this guy, that I still had yet to deal with, which still allowed me and, and caused me to still push him away because it was still about myself. It had nothing to do with him. So in retrospect, and you know, there's, there's, in retrospect, I look back and say, well, okay, maybe that could have worked. But then I do realize there were certain parts of that relationship that still would not have worked. 
because he was a little bit controlling as well. But in his patience, I was able to learn certain, I, I don't want to call them surfacy, but in the context of what we're talking about, effective communication was on the surface in comparison to my value and my worth. And, and let's, but, let's point out the fact that like that there, like even women in those situations, like in, in, the, in the less evolved state or the less aware state, they may pick a man that's more controlling, but that's exactly what complements the deficient state that that person is in. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's really not that man's issue because he's being who he's going to be. Mm -hmm. The problem is you. And yep. if you evolve to a, a more healthy or a healthier sense of self, then you wouldn't need that or want that type of man because you wouldn't need him to fill the gap. Yep. You'd be filling the gap yourself. Yep. And so again, that, then the man takes all the heat for being who he was in the first place. Right. Yeah. I ain't saying he was the right man. I ain't saying yeah. he was the right man or the right. healthiest man, but he was right. who he was. In the words of Jay-Z, he was who he was <laughs> before he got there. <laughs> Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But as as we talk about though, then that has an effect on his next relationship as well. Because in his mind, he was like, you know what, I was just who I am, and then this started to change or whatever. So it seemed as we talked about before, this cycle that continues to happen. It doesn't have to continue, right? I believe if if both people in a relationship, when the relationship is over, can sit down and say what worked well, what didn't work well, what was my part, what was her part, his part. And then you can sit down and assess that. You can then take take the meat, throw out the bones, and then move forward in the next relationship, right? It's when people get in that mindset of, well, I invested all my time in this relationship and she still left me. Of course, you're going to take that bitterness and resentment into the next relationship. And that's how you break the cycle. It's maybe that person was a seasonal person in the first place. And you mm -hmm. fell in love and went and bought dresses and Right. wrote your name right. with their last name so it's right. <laughs> i believe every relationship allows us to grow and mature our, our brains are social organs and so every single relationship i believe you should learn something even if they Absolutely. were there for two weeks three weeks one year and, and let me point this out before we transition like anytime people anytime people are in front of me and they start to talk about the revelation or the lesson that they got out of a relationship and then they they continue on to tell me everything they learned about the other person. They generally didn't get all the lessons they needed to get out of that relationship. Right. Cause when you left a relationship and if you've had a revelation, then you should be telling me everything you learned about you mm -hmm. and not about this other person. Cause you've analyzed it. No, cause the only thing that you can control, the only thing that you can change resides in you. And so that's where the work has to be done. So if you're dealing with somebody with daddy issues, if you have daddy issues yourself, when you go to do that inventory, if you come out and all you have or all your narrative is focused on is the other person, I'm going to need you to go back because there's definitely some lessons you've missed in that relationship. Mm -hmm. okay. Let's transition and talk some about uh, the man side of things because a lot of guys who are listening might be daddies, right? And so, you know, you know, yes, uh, these are things, you know, the women or the men with that issues can do to be better. daddy and big what, daddy. What about <laughs> and sugar daddy? And sugar daddy, exactly. Oh, daddy, man, big yeah. daddy, sugar daddy. Come on, Lando, you know they out there. We might want to throw in trick daddy too. We might want to turn in trick daddy. He ain't, he ain't that too. <laughs> <laughs> what about the guys though who you know like you know they're 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 single but they're currently raising daughters though you know hey i mean what 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 can what advice or what information can we put out there about being healthier fathers because that's key so that the cycles are not as you know prevalent yeah prevalent. yeah so, know, let's talk about that yeah, well, I'm a girl dad, so, um, yeah. you know, it, it comes, it, it hits home for me as I had to show, because my dynamic was definitely one of uniqueness because I was a stepfather and a father of two mm -hmm. girl, of girls, you know what I mean? So from the stepfather side, I didn't want to interfere with the real father, but yet still I had to show support and show a certain a level of that I love you just as much as I love my biological daughter, right? And then even though they had age differences that, you know, I was learning a lot on the go, the bigger fundamental part into it is that you have to have that love and showing that when it comes from the fundamentals, when you talk about the husband, which is, you know, the derivative word from the house band, you got to make sure your house is together. Make sure that you're showing all the love that you can and, and being there, even if that you may be one of those like me. I, I was in early on, I was a workaholic. 
And so when I start, I even had to get some revelation of even of myself when I looked up and my daughter was born and next thing I know she was starting uh, first grade and yeah. I didn't know what that time went. That was me and saying, look, look, I cannot lose this time. So I changed professions and everything so that, that I can be there for, but I'm not the average guy. Like I said, you know, and I've said it before in my relationship, like my whole thing that even that I was having issues with the mother, my wife, I was like, I don't want my, my daughter to have a stepfather because I was already mm -hmm. one, mm -hmm. you know? So that had me fueling to be there in that place and make sure that she understood the man that I am. So she didn't have any confusion and growing up. So every other man though, they have their own different reasons. And as they're raising girls or, or boys that, and where they're showing to them, okay, how they are and how they express love. Some of it is different. Some of it is, you know, a little abstract, but at the end of the day, that's where they come into like this whole thing with fathers when they come in and say, well, you know, I provide for my child and not realize that's what you're supposed to do. You know, do yeah. those things that you, you know, you need to do for them. And then those other things that you don't want to do, you know, because yeah. that's fun, mm -hmm. fundamentally what brings it up. And that goes yeah. back to, to that alludes back to what Dr. Smalls mentioned earlier, like the quality of that relationship, mm -hmm. you know, and how it informs, uh, you know, her about the dynamic between man and woman. And, and, you know, I, I, you know, I have two boys and, uh, you know, we definitely talk about this, not as much as we will, because they're not there yet. Um, but I also I served to I served as mentor to several females, and and in having those conversations, uh, I understand now how important it was for me to be a healthy representation of a male that was not trying to exploit different aspects of who they were, and how they found so much comfort uh, in that space, and you know to to say it in, in more colloquial language like. I only saw it as I saw my purpose in that relationship was to give them the game. I give them a hundred percent of the game, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's on both sides of the coin. So I, I, I was able to have a relationship and I know it's a far removed Orlando because it's not my child. However, I, I love them with the same sincerity, but I was able to give them a hundred percent of the game, tell them, uh, you know, what our motives are when we're thinking a certain way, what this type of breed, man is looking for and that type of breed man is, is he's after and just give yeah. them a hundred percent of the game so yeah. that at least they could recognize it when they saw it yeah i knew i couldn't prevent them from encountering it but at least they could call it what it was if they ran into it yeah. and you know in retrospect it's been a blessing to have conversations with them now and say hey doc you know when we talked about so-and-so and you know when he did this yada yada i saw it coming so I was able to plan accordingly to avoid the confrontation from what his agenda was based on what mine was or what my moral compass was telling me. And I, you know, I find satisfaction in that. And I think that, you know, that, that, that is the role that I have to play when I am looking to serve as a, as a symbol for that father figure. I know I'm not their father. However, I, I do feel this obligation to give them the game at every cost. There's yeah. something just so, really beautiful about uh, a father's voice, right? There's something beautiful and powerful about a father's voice. One of the, uh, the many milestones that really helped me overcome my daddy issues was when my father, he actually found me on Facebook. I have a stepfather. He's amazing. There's still something about that missing piece from your biological father. Um, though, so when he found me on Facebook, we, two years later, I finally called him up for the very first time I heard his voice that, that I could remember because I was four when we left. And remember the negative thoughts that I was telling myself was I'm not wanted. Um, I'm not loved. No man is going to want to fully commit to me. And one of the first things my biological father said, I've been looking for you because he found me on Facebook. He said, I've been looking for you and I've never stopped. I still have your baby picture sitting on the wall. And he said, I love you so much. And like, I'm crying. Of course, as you can imagine, 22 years later, I'm crying when I'm hearing this. The guy that I was, I wasn't even dating because he had commitment issues. <laughs> Those are the kind of guys I was talking to. I finally said, I don't even need you anymore. Because what I needed from him was validation that he wanted uh -huh. me and that he was going to be there. So that, that was a, maybe a 15 minute conversation for the first time with my father. The moment I hung up, I told the guy, I was like, hey, this is not working. Because all, all he was doing for me wow. was fulfilling a void of, well, you're there, but really you're not. And so I, <laughs> now to this day, he's like, wow. well, why don't you want to talk to me anymore? I didn't tell him this, but it's just like, 
the, the, wow. the, the unhealthy way of that you were fulfilling me was no longer needed because my father, my father right. told me my value and my worth because I hadn't right. believed it and I hadn't known it. So for those who are fathers, I can't tell you enough how important the, the simple things you might say and you think she's not even listening to. I promise you, she will remember those years and years and years later. That was a 15 minute conversation with my father that has changed just the trajectory of my life when it comes to relationships. So it's very, it's very vital. Don't just pay the bills as Orlando said, that's your responsibility. It, it's the quality and the, what you're pouring into her is what's going to be more sustainable than anything for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, man, that was loaded right there, bro. I know we, we kind of run on, yeah, I know we kind of run low on time, so I want to, I know this is enough to probably spill into two episodes, but uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll wrap this up. Yeah, I, just, I did want, right before we go for Dr. Small, just to mention a couple of things she's working on. I know you have your book, Single While Quarantine, and other projects, so how can people find out about the different things that you're doing and just follow you on social media? Yeah, everything can be found on my website. It's just trillionsmall.com. I'm also on Instagram at dr trillion small, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, all that's the same thing. It's just my name, trillion small. Um, and yeah, it's like books and programs and all that can be found right there. So yeah, right now my main focus is single while quarantine. Of course, quarantine has been lifted, so I'm just gonna transition that book, change the cover and all that. And I'm actually creating an online program and then a live program for women and men who say, I'm single, I have daddy issues, um, I'm emotionally and mentally not stable where I want to be, can you help me out? So I'm now creating a program um, for those who say they need a little bit more help than that what's provided in the book and the whole, you know, go it at your own pace process. But yeah, trillionsmall.com. Well, we really appreciate you taking our time to uh, converse with us today. I feel like, you know, this, yeah. it kind of balances things out, you know, because we don't, always have a, 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 a woman's perspective and then have right, a therapist right. that's even better. Uh, so I, for, for those listening, remember you can follow us in terms of Man Breed on Instagram at Manbreed and then on Facebook at Manbreed Live. And of course there, there are a ton of uh, podcasts, places where you can find some. Uh, I, I usually send people uh, to uh, Podbean, but I know Orlando, they, well, we're, we're, we're on Apple and a lot of well, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Google, Google Play, all, wherever you can find your, your your podcast, we are there. Yeah. So if you're listening yeah. and you think, you know, people will benefit from this content, make sure you share it because uh, we've had some great conversations and we really enjoy having you today, Dr. Small. Yeah, uh, we're going to have you back. We're going to have you back, Dr. Small. Yes, because, thank you. This has been fun. You know, this has been good. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you keep us grounded from acting a fool. So yeah, we're gonna have you back. <laughs> I like that. Right. You keep yeah. I, like, I like to help. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're gonna sign off. We want to appreciate you all, and thank you for listening to another episode of Man Breed Live, where we believe that to understand a man is to acknowledge all. <laughs>